I could have sworn he was sitting right by me. It's he was so... just, just the quietest guy. I smelled hair conditioner. I assumed it was him. <laughs> you could restore it all. Hi, welcome to Backup Central's Restore It All. I'm your host, W. Curtis Preston, and with me today is a mystery guest. It is uh, someone that has recently joined Druva, and uh, we, you know, he's, he's still in the secret mode at this point. He's gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna out you soon enough. But for now, we're doing this. I was so excited. I'm excited to have you on board. And we're, and and uh, I was like, I said, I said, I want to do, I want to do a podcast with you right away. And you were like, Well, I don't know if we're saying that we're <laughs> that I'm here yet. So we, we've actually taken the unprecedented step of disguising this individual's voice. Uh, but suffice it to say, it's someone that I've known in the industry for a couple of years. You can call me I, Whistleblower I, I, 3. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. A political reference on this uh, podcast. So how long have you been in the industry? Uh, we're, we're 22 years now. Okay, so literally just a little bit less than me, because I'm at 20, I, I now say over 25, because I, I met, so I was at a show, uh, and I was speaking, and I mentioned that I'm, that I was, I was at 26 years, and this guy who was a little older than me, he goes, you know, after 25, he goes, people start thinking you're old, so he said, I just say over 25 now, and so that's now what I've started doing, is I just go over 25 uh, but you're you're 22. Yeah, so I got three more years before I right. right. And you're you're pretty much you're like the anti me in that you've spent a lot. So how much of it is it's been in backup, but it's all been on the vendor side, right? Completely on the vendor side. Yeah. No, I've I've abs- I wouldn't trust me as far as you could throw me. Right. <laughs> so so you've been in, but it, it's been in storage and backup. Mostly backups. Or what? Yeah, I, I, I think I think you could say most of the places I've worked uh, uh, have been have been where we were criticizing the way people were doing backup. Right, right. Often doing, yeah, often doing other things like snapshots, snapshots, replication, telling people tape socks. You know, those. That's that's the sort of world. So it's. You know, from a foundation of backup, but always trying to say, you know, the way we've been doing it, there's probably a better way to do it. And there's, there's (laughs) having actually done backup for a long time, uh, there was always a better way, right? Uh, You know, no one, no one, you know, the one, one of the things that I've always said is one of the foundational things about backup is that no one likes it, right? That no one wants to be the backup guy. I used to I used to tell people uh, you know hundreds of customers I've met I'm like you know who who in this room likes doing backup because if anyone puts up their hand now after twenty plus years you will be the first that's <laughs> ever told me that you enjoy doing I know it, it, yeah. you have to do it and it's yeah. it's a critical job but yeah we've we in the the industry have never made it easy no, or fun no. for anyone well to do. yeah it's definitely not fun. Um, I, you know, my dad growing up, my dad told me, uh, one of the things, you know, my dad had a lot of axioms. One of them was, 
you know, I don't care when you grow up. I don't care if you if you're a ditch digger, right? If you're a manual laborer. He always used the phrase ditch digger, but he said just be the best ditch digger in the ditch, right? And and what's interesting is backup is is pretty much the ditch digging of the of the idea industry because nobody wants to do it. And it's absolutely a crucial thing that has to be done, but we often give it to, you know, I use the phrase F and G. Uh, you know the term F and no. G? It's the uh, new guy. Um, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's an old military term from, yeah, from my, my, my old military days. And then, you know, and then as soon as the, the F and G gets, you know, gets some training, a few of us stick around, but it's never, it's never purposeful, I don't think. It's, it's, it's like me. I, I just I, I went from being the backup guy to being the guy being in charge of the backup people, and then uh, you know, and then I left uh, the bank to go into consulting to become a, as I make air quotes, a real sysadmin. And then I got to the headquarters of Amico, and their backups were broken, and you became the backup guy. Yeah. So we're sitting here in lovely Aptos, California, which for those of you that don't know where that's at, it's close by. Santa Cruz, which I think, I'm not a Northern Californian, but I, I think that's Half Moon Bay that we're looking at over there. And I think we're on the Northern end of Half Moon Bay, and then the Southern end is where Monterey is. So suffice it to say, we, we are looking out a window at a beautiful, beautiful sunny day here at, uh, in Aptos, and it's been, it's been absolutely gorgeous. Uh, is the weather different here? Than, so you live. I live. I live in the. Yeah, I live in the east. You know, sort of east of Oakland and all of that. So, so there's uh, something east of Oakland. There's there's something there's there's all sorts. Eventually, you get to Sacramento, oh, right? And okay, then, all right? And then all of a sudden, you get the government. But uh, no, yeah. So 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 where I live, it, it's a lot more desert. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. we had 100 degrees in the summer, not a ton of rain. We're up a bit where the elevation hit as it was coming up. You know, I, I don't live here. I live in Southern California where we have, you know, everything's uh, sea level zero, right? Uh, but we definitely came up a bit. My ears popped a bit as we were coming. So we're kind of in a mountainous area, lots of green, lots of, uh, and it's cool here. This is definitely a cooler. It's a little climate. cooler, yeah, down because yeah, we're by the water and because yeah. we're in the mountains. Yeah, and, yeah, it is beautiful. And there's golf courses everywhere. Uh, and there's golf courses everywhere, and but it's been it has definitely been. We've been up here for uh, extended leadership training for Druva. And by the way, I, I I haven't mentioned so far this. I and my special guest do both work for Druva, but this is not a Druva podcast. Uh, the opinions you hear are our own. The, the question that I have is, so you, you're, you're sort of fresh meat at this point. <laughs> in, uh, Seven uh, days in. You had a different perspective. You recently came from a large hardware and software company. And, you know, now you've come to a service company, to a SaaS company. You made a, pretty much a career change given that you, I mean, you're still hovering around data protection, but, but you've gone from the side of people that sell boxes and software to a company that sells a service. Does that reflect what you're seeing that customers are asking for? It's twofold, I think. And, and even, even back in the old world that I came from, you know, we always understood that there, there's kind of two things that drive change in an industry. Uh, there's the obvious kind of stuff, technological change. And, and frankly, large established companies do well with technological change. 
uh, you know, you go from one type of hard drive to a bigger hard drive, even the shift from hard drive to flash or any of that sort of stuff, you tend to absorb it reasonably well. I mean, maybe a pure storage leaps up and does really well, but for the most part, you're not shocked by those things. Uh, the interesting trends that, that really shape the industry are when you get into kind of consumption model changes, mm -hmm. right? And, and, and so, you know, when we went from mainframe to client server, client server to virtualization, virtualization to cloud. And so I think, you know, one of the things that motivated me was there is a huge sea shift when you go from virtualization to cloud because everything about that consumption model changes. Right. And, and that was that was what appealed to me, uh, partially because that's where that's where the puck's headed. That's where the wave right. is going. Whatever right. you want to whatever you want to say. But the other the other part. The wave that, might be a trademark term. It, it, from it, Forrester. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we'll, we'll stick with puck. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, but the, the other the other part that goes back to where we started is again most of the customers that I've worked with through the years have said, yeah, you know, what I'm doing now, managing, whether it was managing boxes with snapshots in them or managing boxes that de do deduplication, de de it's still, it's a lot of work and it's a pain and I don't want to deal with it and nobody loves doing backup. Yeah. And this idea that, hey, we could do this as a service right. and that's where this industry could head, that's, that's the part where you just map and say that, you know, the technology's there, the consumption model's there, the customer interest is there. You triangulate those three and you say, that's that's where you need to be. Yeah, because definitely the, the consumption model, and, and if you have a true consumption model like you have with, with Amazon or Azure, where you could have a bill that's ginormous this month but small the next month, and that means you get everything you need right now, but then you can stop paying for it when you no longer need it. I don't, I don't know. So there, there are some companies that are doing like pay-as-you-go storage when they actually ship you a box, but but I don't know how that works when you've got physical hardware in your environment. Yeah, there's there there are ways that you do it, and without getting too deep into trade secrets, it's. Uh, to some extent, you're still paying a relatively significant upfront fee because you're getting the box, and the box tends to be already pre-populated with a, a number of, of shelves of disk. Yeah. Uh, now, I've I've charged you enough ahead of time on that, that uh, that that then even though I've I've shipped you disk that you're not really paying for yet and you're not consuming, right? Uh, as you go to consume it. Uh, I, you know, I'll charge you an extra premium on top from if you just bought the whole thing outright. Um, but I also protected myself by that by that base fee. Yeah, obviously, right. And so, so it simulates a cloud model, right. except it's a much bigger upfront fee. Uh, it's a fixed fee, and you don't really go down, right? Right. That's the you fixed fee part. Is yeah, you don't get to say yeah. actually the the part I prepaid I didn't even use that. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's nice. tough for you. Nice. Yeah, I feel bad. That's what we call stubby. You know stubby. You know the phrase stubby. S T B Y. Sucks to be you, right? Sorry, you don't need the stuff you bought. You know, we've already recognized that revenue, right? Uh, yeah, and so and so we look at the cloud, and the cloud, and obviously we're talking the public cloud, right? And you look at companies like Amazon and Microsoft and and Google, and they've 
they've figured out how to have essentially so much capacity that they can burst it at any given time for a number of customers and whatever the opposite of burst is, they could burst it up or down and your bill just changes literally by the minute, right? Now, I, I do think an AWS bill is incredibly confusing in terms of what you pay for and how you pay for it. And there's, there's a lot of line items. Right, you know, and, and obviously, you know, we have an entire department that just looks at our AWS bill. Yeah, and then optimizes the heck out of it. Yeah, right. and, and, and so, so, so a couple of things there. The, the beauty of that is you have this like, you know, the, the current phrase I'm hearing is composable infrastructure, right? But you have truly composable or infrastructure as code. If I can literally write a couple of lines of code and boom, I have myself an array of servers or an array of storage, and then I can write another couple of lines of code and those all go away. You know, it's ephemeral infrastructure. If you can leverage that concept in your in, in stuff you put in the cloud, your, your cost model completely changes. The next logical thing that comes after that then, right, is that, uh, you know, I, 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 as a customer, then look and think, well, what were the things that were hard for me to do when, you know, because, because there's the, the flexibility, the composability, but there's also just the, these are boxes and I've got to babysit them. And, and one of the things that I found really interesting through the years in backup, so, so let's take the snap and replicate model. You know, the objections, there were always two or three big objections that came up. I mean, there was the obvious of if your snapshot's in your primary on the same system, then yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not really a backup. Yeah, I know, I know a guy that probably complained about that. Yeah, a lot. Some, some guy. Yeah, yeah some, I, don't, I don't remember. We'll, we'll 25 plus years in the industry yeah, right here. But, uh, <laughs> what if the snapshots get corrupted, that guy probably said. Right. Yeah. And, 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 that's, and that's where you get to, well, what if I put it in a second box? What yeah, if yeah, I store yeah. it slightly differently? But what you're doing now is you're basically saying either A, the backup person's probably not involved in that anymore because it's really a storage function. So that's awkward because the backup person knows things about retention periods and regulations yeah, and yeah. cataloging and, and that's not happening because you know the, the, the storage person who's doing it is like, oh, I'm not dealing with that stuff. I, I made a copy. That's all I needed to do. Um, or the backup person tries to get involved, in which case now they become a storage admin because now I've got to you know, keep track of how much, how much storage am I using, how much capacity is it, how much, all these things that you didn't have to do before when eject tape, load new tape, ship tape off-site was, right. was kind of the model. And that didn't go away when we went to things like deduplicated storage because you know, the, very, you know, the number one question I had with early customers and even later customers was, okay, so I buy this box for lack of a better term, let's call it a data domain box, because those yeah. were popular. Who runs this? Like right. the person that runs net backup, they don't really have the skill set for this. Yeah, they're not a storage admin. My SAN, well it's not really a sandbox. Maybe it does some VTL, but it's not really it's not like a SAN. It's kind of most like a NAS system, but it's not really run the same way. And so so they would really struggle with that. And and one of the big challenges, it would often then get laid in the backup team's lap, because who else is gonna do it? Right. And you'd run into these questions of, well, all my backups are failing. Well, we look well, that's because your system's full. Oh, not used to capacity management. And even storage people would struggle because it's not like deduplication is this constant linear thing right. where you yeah, just say, well, it's always going to be the same way. You delete a bunch of snapshots, you don't get any space back because of dedu. So you have all of these issues. And, and so then, so again, you look and, and say, 
All right, so they don't want to manage any of this stuff. And that, that leaves out all the break-fix kind of stuff that happens. And you say, or I could put it up in the cloud where between, you know, AWS, Azure, Google, whomever's doing it, and potentially my SaaS provider, oh, they're doing all that for me? Right. Awesome. Right, right. Like you said, I can just scale my capacity as I need to up and down, and I'm no longer, you know, micromanaging this stuff and, and pulling my hair out when, oh no, I'm at 95% full. What right. do I do? I still come down to there are kind of two ways that vendors are using the cloud, right? One is to take a box like data domain and put it in a VM. You know, and it could be, it's other competitors are doing it as well, like, you know, Rubrik and Cohesity and, 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 and Commvault today announced they're doing some stuff. But they're doing it, as far as I can tell, they're, they're basically taking the standard product and then they put it in a VM that you're now renting that's going to run 24 by 7 and is going to need block disk, right? Now, Commvault... A little bit there, Commvault can write to S3 and read and write from S3. I don't remember if I can do restores directly from S3 with Commvault. I don't, it's been a while since I've touched Commvault, definitely since I've fired it in anger anywhere. That's one model, and then there's the other model, and there's, there's at least a couple of us that are doing it where we're taking that way the cloud behaves and we're using resources that go our usage of those resources go up and down, and you're not just running a VM 24 by 7 because now you're paying for it 24 by 7. And one of the, one of the, you almost, I don't know, it's, it, it's, it's definitely not unique to backup, but one of the things that are definitely special about backup is that the usage of a backup system is A, really predictable, and B, it, uh, like, it, it, there's a giant peak and then a giant valley. Can you have a giant valley? You can absolutely. Okay. It's, a, it's a chasm. <laughs> it's a chasm. Oh, yeah. So you can have a chasm of literally no usage because, you know, if you have a, a wonderful day where you don't have to do a restore, so you have, uh, you know, I, I know like, when, especially when you, when you look at source ID dupe, which is the way our product behaves, um, you can get a, very quick, very sh short, very high spike in, you know, but the backup actually runs for a very short period of time and, th and then it's done, right? Because there's not a lot of data to transfer. And then you have this, again, giant valley. And it seems a challenge for these companies that are doing that where they're paying for the infrastructure 24 and they're renting it. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I I see two challenges with that. One, one is one is absolutely, you know, just the the cost of running that. And 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 to be fair, that's a hard thing to shift from, right? Because when I had a box on prem, uh, uh -huh. yeah, I'm, of course it's my box. I'm going to use yeah. it all the time. Yeah. And, yeah. and so it's not like the it's not like the software architecture of those systems was wrong. It was right for the architecture yeah, they were building absolutely. for, right for that consumption model. Right. You're right. Yeah, when when you shift to cloud, you go, yeah, I probably wouldn't run my app if I were to design that app from scratch. Right. I probably wouldn't run it that way, where it's just a fixed resource. Yeah, because that's not you know you're renting in cloud, yeah. and, and if I'm and, treating and, as ownership, it's wrong. And you could argue that the customer shouldn't need to care, but the 
I guess the worry that I have, and I think it's a pretty well-founded worry, is that if you do that, it's essentially what we would call the lift and shift model. If you do that, it's going to cost a lot more than if you leverage the cloud in a very cloudy way where you know, your usage is going up and down throughout the day. Uh, and so I, I worry that, well, you've already seen it, right? You, you've seen customers move to the cloud and then move back and then move back because well, they get, that they get bill. their first they get their first bill and they're like holy cow um and and, and, the, and the thing that does which is which is the second problem is i was thinking i was going to go to cloud to avoid some of the pain of running on prem right but i'm still babysitting that virtual system up in the cloud like, yeah because you're still maintaining it you're still like if it's an os i mean now there are some models that are that are true SaaS models that are still, and I think maybe, I, I, again, I got to look at the Commvault thing. It just came out and I was here all day. But, but I, I, there, there, if there aren't today, there will definitely be models where companies are taking software that's made to run in a box and they're running it in a fake box up here and they're hiding the cost of that and they're just, they'll pass it on as a true SaaS consumption model and I'm fine with that. I just think it will, it's got to cost more than using the cloud, expensive. right? Um, and so in the end, the customer shouldn't necessarily care how this stuff all happens, but there's two differences. One is cost, and then the other was what we were just talking about was the maintenance, right? If I'm still maintaining the box, you've, you've really only removed the physical aspect of server maintenance, which... I'm going to say is actually the small part. Not not only the small part, but it's of dubious value because when things go wrong, this is this has always been the challenge in our world. Layers of abstraction are awesome when things go well. Mm -hmm. When they go wrong, debugging gets way harder because you know when I was when I ran Oracle on a physical server and I had backup problems backing up that physical server. Well, let me go look at that physical server. Is, yeah. is it overloaded? Is yeah. it having, you know, are there bit flips in the memory? What's happening? Yeah. As I virtualized, then yeah. it became a question of, okay, well, it could be the hypervisor. It could be a noisy neighbor problem. It could be, uh, it could be shared storage on the back. There's, it could be it the network. It could be, with, yeah. uh, but, but you, you run in, and, and so now you go up to the cloud and you say, wow, what, what could be going wrong? And, you know, to all, your point of the line yeah. item on the cloud bill, those are all different services. And so, you know, do I want to spend my time debugging those? Not really. Again, because it's a relatively unique skill set at this point. And that's, and, and that's, I think, why we see SaaS being so popular is people say, yeah, no, actually, if you have like a team of smart people, why don't you just go do that for me? Because I Yeah, don't. well, you look, at, you look at something like Salesforce, you look at something like Office 365, no one, not only is no one, well, not no one, but very few people are managing Exchange at this point. Um, and Microsoft, as I understand, has basically made a state of detention. Like, guys, we're going all in on Office 365, and you know, if you, you know, Exchange has a limited. I don't think they've actually EOL'd it yet, but I think they've definitely announced the set direction, the harbinger. <laughs> you know, um, once you've experienced the joy of simply adding another user to Office 365 without having to think about capacity. You know, you understand um, sort of what SaaS can bring, right? And you know, and I know our customers have the same thing that they, 
you know, my favorite story uh, was uh, we have a large pharmaceutical customer that was backing up something like 10,000 laptops. And um, they came to us and they said, yeah, so our CEO has been watching too many uh, things on ransomware and he's a little worried about ransomware and he'd like to start backing up all the laptops. And, you know, uh, we were like, well, how many is that? And they're like, oh, it's like 120,000 laptops. And the beautiful part is all we had to do was the system in the process of rolling out an agent to 100,000 more laptops. And the back end just automatically scaled. And if they decided, you know, they didn't, but if they decided six months from then that the world has solved ransomware, they could have scaled down. We would, of course, cried, and, you know, the CFO probably would have been very sad. But they could have done it, and magic would have happened, right? Um, and that is definitely the beauty of SaaS. And the idea, I, I think, I, and I've said this for years, long before I came here, and that is that, to me, backup is like the perfect thing to do as a service because no one likes it. You've got people that actually like it and care about it. This, this small, weird group of people that care about data protection and backup and restore and... Our people. Um, and you have a core competency and um, let them figure out how to do these things and definitely how... And you've got a team of people that are monitoring the back end uh, and then all I have to do is just make sure I have enough bandwidth, make sure we've, make sure we've uh, mapped the RTOs and RPOs to what our network is capable of, and, and we've dealt with any exceptions there, right? I think we've got answers for all of those things. Um, I don't know, it just, it seems, and obviously you seem to agree with this because you ended up coming this way. Uh, it, it's, again, I mean, it's, like I said, I've, I've been in the industry 22 years, and every day I wake up and, and I think to myself, you know, how can we make the pain of backup go away? And, you know, snapshots and replication. Okay, well, you, know, you, you don't have to do full backups and, right. and all that pain and tape anymore. And then, yeah. you know, deduplicated appliance, same thing. Oh, I don't need tape. And, I, and Which definitely made the tape world, as a person who was in the 100% tape world, it, that... The advent of dedupe definitely like was was huge, right? And and I think the same is true of some of the you know of the the hyperconverged guys. They made that world better, right? And and I think that that going to the SaaS model and I and I think you look at it's this it's definitely the SaaSification of the IT world, right? So we're just you know we were just the first to use the cloud to 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 do that SaaS model. I think what we'll see is more and more companies. What'll be interesting is when all the companies have sassified, right? right? Um, it'll be interesting to see if the original model survives. I mean, it will survive. Oh, of course. There'll always be somebody that wants a box. Uh, because right? there's always going to be apps that run on-prem, and there's right. always going to... There will, there will always be tape, and there'll always be a mainframe. Yeah. Actually, a great... Uh, and there'll be you know, there will be tape on the mainframe. There will be tape on the mainframe. Actually, uh, uh, a guy that I know you know, a certain Mark Toomey, uh, stored Zilla out there in uh, Cork, Cork, yeah. Ireland. Uh, he, I've heard him say more than once, is like, you know, there will be a nuclear apocalypse, and then uh, after that's over, there will be a guy selling mainframe and tape. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, 
and that and that's okay. Right? Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. That's 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 the I, thing is, yeah. is 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 too often I think, uh, especially in in different parts of the industry, people wake up and think, well, if I can't rip and replace everything I had before, I'm just not going to make any change. Right. And and I think the the challenge with that, is, especially if you're if you're in the practitioner space, is, um, and and I had a boss that used to say this, which was, look. Uh, you know, you either take control of cloud or cloud happens to you. Mm. You don't want cloud to happen to you because that usually means that you may not have a job anymore, right? And that's true whether you're a vendor, that's true whether you're a practitioner, no matter what, what no, or if you're a CIO for that matter. Uh, and, and so to some extent, you know, one of the things, again, as I meet, meet people in the backup space is, Look, your core competency is probably a net backup or networker, Avmar, Commvault, or you know, pick your least, you know, your least unfavorite backup app. But don't, you know, don't for a second think that you can just, you know, stop, you know, the the the, the train of progress and say, no, no, we're going to stay with TSM, you know, or sorry, it's it's called uh, Spectrum now. Spe uh, spe spe spectrum, spe yeah, protect. Spectrum Protect. Spectrum there we protect. go. Yeah. But uh, it'll always be ADSM to me. Yeah, before, yeah exactly. I'd start data management. Uh, but uh, but but in our in our industry, there is a chance for the backup team uh, to to be on the cutting edge of cloud, which is kind of a cool place to be. Because it, it, it it's a it's the perfect sort of test case. If you do it well, it's the perfect test case to use the cloud. And you and you go from oh that's that's the guy in the basement that uh, you know the the the, the what was the FNG right the FNG you, the you go from the FNG uh, sitting in the basement uh, with with sort of the worst job in IT to oh that's one of the people that's actually leading us to cloud can totally flip the the direction your career takes and so I I, I you know. And, and it's not that hard, right? It's not like you have to go do 47 Amazon search before this can happen. Right, And so right. It's, it, it's, it's, it's an interesting pivot position. Uh, and I don't know how long that pivot position lasts. Right. right. Because you've got more and more people in business units and whatnot spinning up apps in the cloud themselves, right? So, right. so there's, there's, there's a window where you can be on the cutting edge, you know, before you're on the trailing. And again, one of the reasons I came here is I'd rather be on the cutting edge where things are than be the guy, you know, sort of the last guy in the boat going, where'd everybody go? I'll be on the edge of the blade. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for being here. Uh, I'm sorry Prasanna could not join us. I, I just realized that we that I didn't even acknowledge Prasanna's lack, <laughs> the lack of Prasanna's presence in the beginning of the I could have sworn he was sitting right by me. It's so... <laughs> He's just the quietest uh, guy. I smell, I smell hair conditioner. I assumed it was him. <laughs> so, yeah, so Prasanna is currently traveling uh, abroad. And, and he's, he's literally, I think he's literally on a plane. If he's not on a plane, he's like on his way to the airport or something right I now. I heard he so was hitchhiking across the country. Hitchhiking, yeah. yeah, hitchhiking and, and trying to drive from England to Ireland, which is not possible, but he's trying. <laughs> You know, I, I literally saw that, a conversation last night where somebody asked, how long does it take to drive from, from it was like from London, it was that, not London, but some city in east of London, from London to Cork. And they're like, well, other than the... If you jump onto a ferry, <laughs> then you'll be okay. Otherwise, yeah. really build up some speed, because that's a, that's a Dukes of Hazard jump there. Yeah, so, so Prasanna will be back for the Prasanna fans among us. 
and uh, at some point we'll reveal the secret identity of our of our current guest too. I just don't I don't I don't bum, know bum, we, I don't think I don't think we've announced your your coming yet. Um, uh, and what, once we do, we'll just we'll unmask you, and then everyone will know your secret identity. You're the backup superhero. That's a scary term, actually. <laughs> well, it's I appreciate that, it. Or the backup villain. You know, you're either the. Ooh, ooh. You know, if I had you, a choice. Well, you are on the vendor side. <laughs> you you spent your life on the vendor side, so you could Whoa. be the. You could be the Joker to my Batman. There we go. <laughs> All right. So thank you for listening, and uh, make sure to subscribe so that you can always be able to restore it all. There was a file, but I deleted it. Too bad your backup system isn't worth a spit. Finally, I needed your backup. You had a chance to fix it, instead it's all jacked up. See how I'll write on Facebook about you. Don't underestimate the things that I will do. There was a file, but I deleted it. Too bad your backup system isn't worth a spit. Emails from you remind me of when they keep me thinking that we could restore it all. Emails from you that leave me breathless. I can't help feeling you could restore it. It'll be completely done Maybe 